Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. This is episode 64 of Suncast. Perk actually itself is the higher efficiency version of the solar cell technology, which can be applied both multi and mono. But on the other hand, you know, Perk have demonstrated probably higher efficiency, basically efficient delta between the conventional aluminum back surface of cell cell versus the Perk cell, I think it's higher, you know, on the mono wafers than the multi-wafers. This is Suncast. In every battle, there's a front line. On that front line are warriors whose courage and actions shape the outcome of the battle. The world is currently engaged in a literal power struggle, a battle in global energy as it evolves from fossil fuels to renewable energy. Suncast is a conversation with solar warriors on the front lines, building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. We learn their secrets to personal and professional growth, market development, and industry insights. And now, join solar industry veteran, Latin America fanatic, and your host, Nico Johnson. Well, welcome back, Solar Warriors. This is Tactical Tuesday, a weekly short-form conversation with subject matter experts that give you an edge in building your solar business and personal brand. This week, we welcome Hongbin Feng of Longji Solar. Hongbin is a scientist that's been around solar module manufacturing and product development for nearly two decades and is very knowledgeable about the science behind the recent innovations we're seeing come out in solar panels today. I've been hearing an acronym that just had me perplexed, and I wanted some clarification on it. And that acronym is PERC, P-E-R-C. And if you, like me, wanted to know more about what the heck is PERC, why does it exist, and why does it seem like all of the module manufacturers are moving towards that technology, is that trend actually happening, then stick around and hear what Hongbin has to say about mono and mono PERC resurgence in the marketplace from the world's largest monosilicon cell manufacturer or wafer manufacturer, Longi Solar. If you're yearning for even more detail and to jump down the rabbit hole, you can see all the research, summary of the points that we refer to here, how to connect with Hongbin, and a bunch of detail of stuff that I've found in the interwebs on bifacial modules and perk mono and why they exist and what you can do about integrating them into your process. So if you jump over to the website, you'll learn a whole lot more and jump down the rabbit hole, as I mentioned. That's my suncast. Com. And while you're there, be sure to check out all the other episodes you might have missed. Bragawat and Suvi Sharma are two standout episodes this year that you won't want to miss. But another one that you won't want to miss is what we got coming up on Thursday with Mr. Etienne Lacombe, the CEO of Power Hub. You're going to love it. So stay tuned on Thursday and jump on over to the website if you care to dive down the rabbit hole a little bit on some of the other research we found. This episode is made possible in partnership with Alliant Energy, the innovative new fully ballasted solar tracker that is at home in the harshest environments, helping developers reduce project risk, increase yield, and keep their solar assets magically clean and productive. To learn more about their ballasted tracker and robotic cleaning solutions, please visit www.alliantenergy.com. That's A L I O N. And let them know. 
You heard about it here on Suncast. Hongbin has been in the industry, semiconductor and solar, for nearly 20 years. And his past experience includes both applied materials, Sun Power, and Sun Edison. So he has a broad spectrum of understanding, not just of what it takes to put solar panels together, but what developers like Sun Edison and their counterparts are looking for in the field from these types of products. I had the pleasure of meeting Hongbin at an event that Longi held at Solar Power International in Las Vegas in 2017 when they were effectively launching their brand here in the United States. And I was really interested and intrigued by Hongbin's presentation and the team's presentation around the innovations that they are bringing to market. So graciously, Hongbin has agreed to come on, talk a little bit more about those innovations, help us understand a little bit more deeply, but not quite as deeply as his 14 scientific papers and patents on the level of the chemistry of how these products work and and why it matters to you as a developer or a salesperson and how you can then speak intelligently to your customers. Hey, Hongbin, thanks for taking time to be on Suncast. Thank you, Nico. Indeed. And we have a number of things we can cover today, but one of the things that I am routinely seeing in the market these days is something that quite surprises me. It's what we might consider a return to monocrystalline, right? And Longi is a huge monocrystalline manufacturer. You know, notably, Trina, Jinko, Canadian, lots of today's mainstay module manufacturers had all but abandoned monocrystalline and went to poly. Can you help me understand why the resurgence of monocrystalline and along with that, what exactly is PERC and how does that relate to efficiency and mono and, and the, now the sort of trailing off of, of poly? Okay. So back in old days, maybe in about 10 years, I think mono was a dominant you know, technology you know, in the marketplace. But in the, for the last, you know, between the last, uh, you know, within the last 10 years, there is a dramatic reduction on the cost for the multi-modules, which, you know, drive down, you know, the market shift actually towards the multi for the last few years. Multi-crystalline or polysolid. you know, modules become a dominant, you know, marketplace. This has been the, you know, driving force for explosive, you know, expanding of uh, PV applications. And so these, I think, uh, mostly is driven down by the lower cost of multi-modules. Okay. And the difference between mono and multi-modules, main difference is among the wafer the inger pulling process. So for the mono process, traditionally, I think the mono inger growth, you know, takes a lot of more energy and costs a lot higher. Okay. And what Longji, you know, has been doing, Longji actually is dedicated mono manufacturer since its start. Only mono. Only ever mono. Only mono. Only mono. And our, you know, management through careful, you know, studies back in uh, 2006 has determined at that time you know, mono eventually going to win out. It's going to eventually going to be the most viable approach to achieve lower LCOE. So from that point on, Longji has been, you know, focusing on mono solely. That's really remarkable because around 2006, it was clear that mono was popular, but really 2009, 10, 11, as you mentioned, we saw this shift to multi and lots of scientists. I mean, Longji must have been in a very small group of people who stuck by and said mono is going to win. How did 
the management justify that in the face of a, of a global shift towards multi? Because we understand the technology behind that. You know, uh, we start, you know, the Longji was started back in 2000 as a dedicated model inger and wafer manufacturer. So for the first few years, they accumulate a lot of knowledge on how to grow a crystal in a reliable way. And even at that time, the productivity was low. So the model is still cost a lot higher grow a model inger than doing a multi, you know, DSS process. But our management from that point realized, you know, if we can reduce the model inger growth process dramatically, and which we think it can be done through detailed studies. So that can, you know, all the savings on the downstream from because of high efficiency from the solar cell and the module with the mono wafers, that can more than offset, you know, their slightly higher cost from the mono inger growth. Did anyone else of your peers have a similar focus and retain this desire to improve that process of mono? There are a couple other players, you know, I think uh, are riding with us along the way, right? But I think uh, the industry, I think mainstream is still, you know, the multi for the last few years, right? And so I think this is very focused effort from Longji. I think Longji kind of enabled, I think it's enabled the uh, switch from multi to mono right now, the market shift. And by basically doing, you know... By delivering on the promise of reducing that cost. Yes. Basically, that's mostly through extensive R&D investment, right? So we constantly invest 5 to 7% of our revenue into the R&D, which is uh, pretty rare uh, for most of the PV manufacturers, except a couple of them, right? So I think, you know, the dedicated effort had really paid off. Nowadays, we are able to, you know, grow the model inger, slice, you know, making the model wafers at a cost very competitive to the making a multi-wafer. The role of Longi in this shift from multi back to mono is what? It's a technology, you know, developer. Technology you know, leader, yeah. leaders. You know, we're developing the technology to deliver, basically improve the material performance at the same time improve the you know the main thing is improve the productivity yeah. while you know maintaining a high quality and which in turn going to lower the cost and why is longi deciding to go b to c now instead of b to b longi has historically sold wafer and cells to other module manufacturers but now you've got a public facing brand why a public facing brand at this time in the in the cycle i think uh, right now we probably consume maybe 40% of our model wafer capacity internally, right? Making them into modules. The, you know, majority 50 to 60% of the wafer is still going to be sold to our, you know, partners through the value chain, right? Mm-hmm. Some of them also will become, you know, in the module space is our competitors, but some of them actually do provide sales back to us, you know, and make into modules as a, cool. because our supplies. Yeah. So this, what happens actually is back in uh, 12, 2013, 2014, you know, within that couple of years, we become, became the number one in terms of mono wafer, you know, uh, manufacturer. I think back in 2012, we achieved, you know, about one gigawatt of uh, capacity shipment, you know, in 2012 and 2013. But at that time, we still have a hard time to convince our customers to switch from multi to mono, even we are you know, determine, you know, that, you know, the model eventually going to deliver, be able to deliver lower LCOE to the customers. Right. So our management has talked to almost every, you know, owner, cell and the yeah. module manufacturer in the right. world, 
try to convince them, you know, mono is the way to go. But we seem to have a hard time to get them convinced. At that point, our management realized maybe that's because, you know, we are a bit too far away from our end customers. Yeah. So the value of the model cannot be realized by the customer. So at that point, uh, in 2014, at the end of 2014, we acquired the dairy, which is a small module manufacturer in China. And so we decided to do a demonstration ourselves. Right. And then we moved very aggressively. Right? Within the first year, we were able to ship close to one gigawatt model modules to the market. And that was in what year? That's in 2015. Okay, very cool. That's really a great insight, especially from a product marketing perspective. You realize we're not close enough to the customer. The customer, this being the developer by and large, isn't even thinking about mono on these large utility scale projects. They're just buying poly because that's what is the lowest cost option from Trina, Jinko, Canadian, etc. So we need to get in the market and re-educate the customer on the value and subsequent cost advantage of our mono product versus someone else's mono who haven't driven down the cost the way we have. Is that accurate? To some extent, yes. And then the other aspect is in the market, the mono, at that market, the dominant you know, applications probably still using N-type, which is a you know, N-type cell like IBC you know, or you know, SunPower uh-huh. or Hyper Junction by Panasonic. Right, and so those I think the 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 higher cost is more associated with the cell manufacturing itself instead of the model wafer. Right, uh, the cost. But enable that P type P model, you know, with a lower cost. That's really you know shifted the overall dynamics. Got it. So can you explain to me what PERC P E R C, which has now become a common acronym? I don't think most people even know what it means. Can you tell me what it means? and what it means for the industry? So PERC stands for, you know, passivated emitter and the real cell. So basically what happens, you know, on the conventional cells, which is called aluminum back surface cell, uh, fuel cell. And in that cell, only the front side has a dielectric passivation. Mm-hmm. On the back side is still a metal silicon contact. So mm-hmm. which has a poor, you know, passivation capability. You know, the overall cell efficiency is lower. With yeah. a perk, basically implement you know dielectric passivation at both the front side and the back side, which effectively you know maintain the higher you know bulk lifetime of the wafer, have a better surface passivation, so they have a minimum you know carrier you know recombinations at both surfaces. Yeah, there's a lot of industry jargon in there, so I want to ask. If you would, being the scientist, could you explain passivation for one that may not understand what passivation even means? So on the surface, you have a lot of defects, which, you know, when the carrier, which is uh, in our case is either the hole or the electrons in, yeah. the, in the substrate, when they got split in the PN junction, they, you know, some of the carrier will reach the surface. And then if there are a lot of defect, they can recombine with those defects, basically those defects, you know, that carrier will disappear. You know, what surface passivation does is, you know, to passivate those defects so that you have a less, you know, fewer, you know, defects you have to interact with the carriers, you know, the electrons or holes, so that you can maintain a higher electron holes, you know, density, which is going to provide a higher current, you know, better efficiency for the solar cell. What's PERC replacing? Is it replacing multi? No. PERC actually itself, you know, is higher efficiency version of the solar cell technology, which can be applied both multi and mono. Got it. And, but on the other hand, you know, PERC has demonstrated probably higher, you know, efficiency, del- basically efficient delta between the conventional aluminum back surface of cell versus the PERC cell, I think is higher 
you know, on the mono wafers than the multi wafers. Got it. That's one. The other aspect of HRG is that on the multi wafers, there's, uh, you know, when you apply a perk technology on the multi wafer, and there's light induced degradation at the, you know, at the elevated temperature is more prominent on the multi wafers. Got it. LETID, which is more prominent on the multi wafers, and which industry do not have a very solid solution yet. And on the model, this is more manageable, which is as a, you know, has in, you know, we have worked with a, you know, research institute and develop a technique that technology that help us to control that to a level even lower than the multi-conventional, you know, uh, modules. Wow, that's impressive. So across the board, it seems like mono and then yield boosting technologies like PERC is becoming the standard once again. That would be the trend. We'll see yeah. that, you know, in the last couple of years and we'll see, uh, we think it will continue in the next few years that, you know, more and more this high efficiency, you know, technology will be adopted into the industry. Actually thinking about high efficiency technology and ways to boost yield of a solar module. One of the other things that has kind of in 2017 burst back onto the scene, by no means is it a new technology, Bifacial is something that used to be relegated to niche applications, right? Sanyo's hit modules. It's not new that we have this idea of bifacial whereby a panel can collect energy on the backside or from, from reflected energy off of other surfaces. Why do you see bifacial resurging in the, this resurgence in the market right now? What do you foresee as a trend there? Yeah, we see, I think this is a natural extension of, you know, the, the, the shift from multi to mono to perk, mono perk. And this bifacial is a natural extension of the perk technology. The perk cell itself is a bifacial design. You have passivation, dielectric passivation on both sides. You just need to open up the backside, you know, with a slight tweak in one of the process steps that will enable you to harvest the light from the backside. So I think this is uh, the timing. It's the bifacial is really, I think, is a natural extension of the perk. If without the mono shift, right, without the perk adoption, this bifacial research will not happen. How interesting. And do you see that bifacial is now moving out of these niche applications like home standalone parking structures or greenhouses and things of that nature? You believe that it's going to actually have more broad use for utility scale and other projects? Definitely. We think this will become mainstream, actually. Mainstream, i.e. meaning developers will choose bifacial over standard product. What do we think is very likely, you know, given some, you know, if we have enough, you know, data accumulation demonstration in the field. Is there field evidence right now that would, for the claims of the yield improvement on, so tracker projects, for example, do you have evidence of maybe projects in Asia that have begun to migrate towards this? What sort of substantiation do you guys have of this trend towards bifacial? Yeah, in the field, we have some field, you know, demonstration data. Uh-huh. It showed very promising, you know, result uh, in both, you know, fixed tail configuration and the single axial trackers. Where's the winner, though? Where's the real winner for bifacial? Where are you going to get the most yield using a bifacial panel? So what we think, you know, actually can be adopted to most of the applications. First, you know, look at the utility, right? This is the bulk of the market still. And so we have seen, I think, in the most of the conditions, you know, on the background with a slight tweak on racking design and also, you know, adjustment on 
you know, DCAC ratios and also, you know, the, the ground coverage ratio, you can realize substantial, you know, gain from the from bifacial modules on the backside. Can you give me some examples in terms of the exact tweaks that you're referring to on the ACDC oversizing and the ground coverage ratios? Yeah, in general, I think the, the bifacial gain you know, from the bifacial module, the backside gain from the bifacial modules uh, will be impacted by you know, the ground you know, refractivity, which is what we call albedo. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the main determining factors, how refractive is the background surface. The other one is uh, how much away is the module from the ground? Is it better to be closer or further away? It's better to be further away. Okay. That's one. The other one is the ground coverage ratio, right? If you have modules, you know, slightly spaced out, slightly, you know, further apart from each other, you have more light can be scattered. Right. Right on the back side of the module. Makes and, sense. Yeah. In terms of, you know, DCAC ratios, that's the one we do not have uh, too much data yet. But conceptually, you know, since, you know, you have, you know, at the peak hour, you know, you're going to have some uh, clipping. And for the most of the system designs with the oversizing, you know, you know, higher than one, you know, DC wins, uh, DCAC ratio, in that sense, the backside, you know, gain may be, you know, kind of limited. So you want to probably lower the DC ratio slightly so that give a little bit more room for, you know, the backside gain to be captured. Are there other applications that you feel like bifacial would be optimal for that people just aren't thinking of? People have thought about it. Uh, besides, you know, utility, right? Rooftops, you know, there's carports, you know, in the carport is a natural, you know, uh, use for bifacial module. Yeah. You can, you know, normally that, well, like, you know, you know, uh, ground up, you know, normally they're raised at pretty high, you know, uh, levels, right? Than conventional, you know, ground mount, you know, structures. One thing we have realized is on the commercial rooftop, those just a lot of roofs, you know, is white to start yeah, with. Yeah, that's right? right. And you can easily paint white and maintain white, right? So make it more refractive. That can really, you know, help you boost the energy yield from the backside. So that could be a, you know, potentially a huge, you know, application for this bifacial module. The high efficiency monoperk modules, the there are few, you know, main benefit by using high efficiency monoperk modules. The first one is due to its higher power density, which can in turn save BOS cost. Basically, fewer modules will be required to deliver the same power output. Exactly. And accordingly, a lot of items like you know the cabling, the earthwork, you know the labors and the rackings, those will be saved with a lower cost by using high efficiency monoperk modules. You're gonna have savings on the BOS. That's first immediate impact of you know using high efficiency monoperk modules. The second aspect is monoperk modules actually delivers higher energy yield. Basically, yeah. this is the electric kilowatt hours and normalized by kilowatt and compared to you know conventional you know multi-modules. This is due to you know monoperk modules has a lower you know temperature coefficient yeah. and better you know low light performance. And also because higher efficiency, more electricity is generated with the light rather than, you know, less, you know, absorb the light is uh, turned into heat to heat up the module. So module actually operating at slightly lower temperature, wow. you know, the monoperk modules. So these are the main benefits, you know, can, you know, monoperk module can deliver, can help, you know, developers to lower their BOS uh, cost at the same time also deliver, you know, lower LCOE with a higher energy yield. Well, thanks for diving into the benefits for the developer. That's important. Well, Longbin, I've learned a lot. How could other folks 
reach out to you if they want to learn more about this technology or about Longji? What's the best way for them to reach out? I think, you know, we have our website, right? Mm-hmm. It's longji-solar.com. That would be a place I think, you know, easy, you can reach us, you know, through there. Very cool. And I will link to your LinkedIn profile and Archie, the general manager's LinkedIn profile on the show notes of this show. Hongbin from Longji, which is L-O-N-G-I, is the director of product marketing is one of the more knowledgeable scientists I've met on how these modules make it into the field. So I hope that you've learned something today. I certainly have. Hong Ben, we thank you for joining us on Suncast today. Thank you. Oh, hey, one more thing before you go. I just want to remind you that on Thursday, we've got Etienne Lecomte from Power Hub. This is going to be a rocking episode. He's a true entrepreneur and innovator, and I just love this conversation with him. So don't miss that out on Thursday. That's a wrap on today's conversation, Solar Warriors, and you're now well-armed for battle. Hopefully, you'll take away some great tools for your own success. I'd love it if you'd share what you learned or share the episode over on LinkedIn. Let me know what other tools you need. If you want to sharpen the axe a little bit more, I've shared some of the resources we discussed in today's conversation over at mysuncast.com. Just click on the latest episode link in the title bar. Perhaps the best tool in your arsenal might be subscribing to the mailing list while you're there so that you'll get an email from yours truly when new content is available. Have a suggestion for someone you think should join the conversation? Email me, nico at mysuncast.com or shoot me a message on LinkedIn. Hey, that's it. Thanks for being here. Until next time, stay informed, my friend, and stay tuned.